Shreddy Nut, episode 109. Well, I started breaking down all the past contest winners, but I thought, you know, you look at what did they do? And then I said, okay, well, how do I go for a big profit target? And I just use it as a template and I started putting different, different currency pairs together. Okay, well, what currency pair trends the hardest? Okay, well, what if I, what is there another one that trends the hardest? Well, what if I put those two together? What does that look like? And that was the process, just finding something that moves. Like I became obsessed with finding things that move. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Scott Welsh back on the show. Now, if you're thinking, hang on a sec, this guy has not been on the show before. He has, in fact, been on the show, but it wasn't Trading Nut. It was my 52 Traders Podcast. So these episodes are all locked away under a paywall. So if you do want to get access to them, you can just click around and you'll find out how to get access to not just those, but my Trading Mentors Match-Off series as well. Uh, Guys, Scott was a past guest of that show, and I've got him back on because I saw his name pop up a few times last year at the World Cup Trading Championships, and he was in the top five, right? So they give you the standings, he was in the top five, and I'm like, I recognize that name. Uh, And he basically placed second at the end of the year and got second place in the World Cup Trading Championships, which is an amazing effort. Uh, And we get to hear from him early in 2021, which means everything that he's just gone through is fresh in his mind. And I grill him on his whole journey from when we met four years ago to now. Uh, He did become a member of my robot building club. And a lot of what he does is he uh, automates what he what he trades. So if you guys are thinking about doing the same thing, can we touch on it very briefly but in the show, but I mean you can sign up to my Robot Builders Club and learn how to build trading robots like Scott did, like I do, uh, and I'll teach you guys how to do exactly what I do so you can do it uber fast and uber easy. So without having to code and get into all that sort of uh, messy stuff there, this is an easy way to do it. So head over there, Trading Nut, links under the show. Um, Now, the interesting thing you're going to hear from Scott is that he was able to, I suppose, take a holistic approach looking at the markets to then try and compete in these challenges and do well, which he did. He got second, right? Um, So yeah, it's a really interesting, fascinating interview coming up to get your head into this uh, World Cup trading sort of world, what it takes to do well in it and and get second place. So guys, talking about um, doing well in things, we've got, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but we've got the Forex Simulator Challenges are now running. So uh, this week I've got Uncle Ted up there. So by the time you hear this, he he's probably gone through and done the challenge. So head over there onto Trading Night, have a look for him. And, uh, and you'll find that uh, that trading challenge using Forex Simulator. So he's been on, done the trading view replay challenge. Uh, this is the Forex Simulator challenge, much better. You can go down to like one minute time frames 
uh, and you can do so many more things than that you can't can't or couldn't do on the trading view challenge as well so let's see where he ends up uh, also we've got the trader versus trader starting up soon again as well so thank you for the guys that want to take part in that uh, there's a couple of prizes up for grabs from my sponsors city traders imperium and sage capital so guys that's going on and there's also the 10 trade challenge as well so this is using the forex simulator again and this is a 10 trade challenge where if you get 10 out of 10 trades right you win a thousand dollars okay and what's more i'm going to open it up to everyone right so all you need to do is grab yourself a copy of forex simulator have a crack at it and uh and get practicing and have a look at the 10 trade challenge rules on tradingnut.com uh, and you could win a thousand dollars if you get the 10 trades just 10 out of 10 trades that's it and some other rules around that have a look see if you if something you want to have a crack at and we'll do an open day uh, where everyone can come on and have a go at this all right guys without further ado let's get on with the show here with scott whether you're a struggling trader or a profitable trader our sponsor city traders imperium are offering you the chance to become a fully backed forex trader that's right get coached and funded with CTI today. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Scott Welsh here back on the show after almost exactly four years. So welcome back to Trading Oh, back to the show. It's not called uh, 52 Traders anymore. It's now Trading Up. How are things with you, Scott? I know a lot has gone gone on with you. Yeah, it's great to be back and uh, really excited to talk to you again. I feel like it was only yesterday, but I guess it was a, a little bit of time ago. Yeah, I know. I can't believe four years. It's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I didn't even think I was doing this thing that long. So <laughs> so it's crazy that you're back on the show here. Four years. And look, I mean, part of the reason I thought I'd get you back on is because you've done so well coming second in the 2020 uh, World Cup of trading the Forex Challenge. And so I think what we're going to do in this show is, is dive a lot into that, um, which is only one of the four years. So we've got three years of progression between there and getting to the start of that, that challenge. Uh, and I suppose there's a whole bunch of people out here who haven't heard Scott's story to start off with. So Scott, do you want to start off by like telling people who, who aren't going to go back and listen to the first interview we did four years ago? Um, a little bit about you, how you got started in trading and um, where you got to up until our last interview, which was 2017. Great, sure. Uh, I was a high-performance tennis coach for a long time. Uh, when it, right when I got out of college, I stopped going to law school. That was going to be the plan. I had been a tennis player my whole life. I had gotten injured, and it was uh, just something that made me sad and directionless, and I just thought, well, there goes tennis. It's over. And then I accidentally got into coaching, and it was – hit me like a lightning bolt. And that's all I did for over 20 years. Um, just I'm on the court every single day, never take a day off. And it was fantastic. Um, the problem with being a tennis teacher, though, is you don't have any retirement. You don't a lot of times you don't even have much of a salary. It's are you on the court or not? And if you love being on the court, that's great. If you hate being on the court or get injured or get tired, well, guess what? You don't get paid. So about 2003 ish, I started to realize, I started making a little bit of money and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And so I hired a financial advisor first and I'll never, never forget just being so confused. <laughs> he was going over, you know, we'll try this fund and a growth fund. And I'm like, I'm not a stupid person. Like I just didn't follow it. And you know what I did by when I didn't follow it? I said, okay. And I just <laughs> did it. 
And I would get my monthly statements and I'm like, I don't, did I make money? Like I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I'm sure he did, was doing a great job and I was in the right funds, but you know, like, I'm going to do this myself. And I made that decision and you know, that has never stopped literally. I, I mean, day after all I did for many, many years was I would get up, look at charts and study, go to the court, teach my lessons, come home and do the charts. I mean, it was uh, a fun life, but doesn't sound much fun, but I, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, and, you know, had some successes, I, I had, a, had some big wins, had some, you know, I had my first double hundred percent winner in 2005 and I'm like growing my account. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. And I'd average about 30% per year for three years, you know, not knowing what was coming in 2008, of course. Uh, but everything, everything was going great. And then I had a buddy of mine said, you know, I, I just started seeing this, this woman and she's a Forex trader. And I'm like, Forex? I mean, what is Forex? I don't even know what that is. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I've averaged 30% per year for the last three years. And as you said, oh, yeah, she made 1,000% last year. And I was like, oh. (laughs) I mean, that just made me feel less than. I don't know. It just made me feel inadequate. Now, as it turns out, um, that may not have been true (laughs) that she made that money. (laughs) But... It just the thought, just the idea of it um, just set me on fire. So that was um, right in that 2008, 2009 period. And I started trading Forex and that's really all I did for years. And then in 2012, uh, I was on a podcast with uh, Rob Booker and he I was a guest and he also had another guest that was a robot builder in 2012. And I'd never knew, I didn't know anything about it trading robot well, i mean what's that and so that got me interested in that and 2012 till now uh has been i've been an automated trader in, in forex and now i do research and i look at other charts features and stocks quite a bit but as far as where my money is it's in automated trading in forex so that's that's kind of the abridged version anything else you want me to touch on um, look, I mean, I, I, that's a, that's a great little synopsis. I don't think some of that information was actually in the in the original podcast, especially the mm-hmm. uh, the thing about the the, the girl who'd uh, or the woman who'd won uh, made not won who'd made a thousand percent and maybe hadn't made a thousand percent. And the fact that you live in Florida makes sense to me now that you know you're going to find um, stumble across these sort of people because. It seems like everyone I stumble across now seems to come from Florida if they're a trader. Um, so uh, interesting stuff. Now, what, one thing people probably, well, definitely don't know is that you were also a member of my uh, Automate My Trading, which was my original Robot Builders Club course. So you took that as a, um, I think it would have been shortly after we did our interview. And so mm-hmm. I can now see, so from 2012 it must have been 2017. You sort of were you building your own robots at the start there, or we outsourcing them to others? Just jumping in here with a quick message from my sponsor, Sage Capital, who provide education, software, and tools needed to increase anyone's ability to trade more successfully. Perfect for people who are either still learning, too busy, or just want to use professional grade strategies to build passive income. They've achieved high returns with relatively low risk and are available for auto copying today. Go to sagecapital.co.uk and start auto trading today. Uh, all, all outsourcing until I met you and, and we got to know each other and, and you know you had your, your course. Um, I had spent my very first robot I ever built and it was, I mean, it's so typical. I wish I could say I was better. 
but it was, I found a programmer, you know, through Rob Booker. He said, you know, there, here's a guy who programs for TradeStation. And I said, great. And we talked for a while and he built something. And I'm like, oh, what about this rule? <laughs> and so he said, okay, he built that. Well, wait, wait, what if I do this? And I was just doing the most obnoxious, you know, trying to filter out everything. You know, I, oh, that's a drawdown. I'll filter that out. Ended up being 1200 bucks <laughs> that I spent on one robot that I still have, that I still track. And it still kind of makes money, uh, but it's just not that great. So I, it was super complex and super expensive. And then I met you and I'm like, well, why am I spending $1,200 for something I may not even trade, you know, learn to build my own. Um, so that was, yeah, what your course was very, very helpful. And I made a lot of different variations on what I was trading. Uh, it opened up my door or opened up the door to my brain to say, hmm, I could do this and that. And um, it, it opened up a whole new world for me as far as what I might be able to trade and variations I could use. So it was extraordinarily helpful for me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like once you realize, oh, man, I can actually tweak this thing and keep you know, seeing things and adding things and removing things. And it, it, yeah, it does open up a, a massive world. But um, I'm not going to talk about my course today. I want to talk about your story from that sort of interview onwards. So there was three years between uh, that and that interview and you starting the World Cup uh, trading competition. So what how did those three years ago? How did how did that progress for you? Well, I had developed um, shortly after my $1,200 debacle, which wasn't a debacle, right? It was learning. It got me to here. Um, I, I went in, I went crazy and I had another robot built for cheaper. It's like 600. And I tested that and I tracked it at one point and literally, cause I'm like, you know, I'm doing this all the time. And I spent 2,500 hours on it because I, it's years, but it was like, my family would say, oh, I'm going to the mall. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to test this for five hours. That was literally my life. That's literally what happened. And so I made this robot and, you know, I, I'm just so happy with it. Um, it was as far as back testing metrics, it was everything I wanted. And I'm like, I think I got something here. And so I was on TradeStation at the time because that's the first really intricate platform I learned. And I put that robot on it. And this was uh, 2014. So, you know, a couple of years before we met or at least did our interview and uh, I made 100% uh, literally in a year um, on TradeStation. And I was sit- speaking at a live trading conference when I got a winning trade. And uh, Jill, my significant other, was sitting there saying, oh, by the way, you just got a winning trade. And I went gone over 100%. And that was my goal. I wanted to prove that an automated strategy could make 100% in a year. And I was just ecstatic. Um, this was 2015-ish. And I'm like, I'm set, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out I wasn't set. Um, it wasn't long thereafter, and I'm not sure of the dates, but TradeStation stopped doing Forex. And that was just oh, a massive right. blow yeah. for me. I mean, it was it's the worst thing that could have possibly happened. You know, I felt comfortable about sharing my software with other clients who paid for it. You know, we were all making money. We we're all doing well. And all of a sudden, it's gone. I knew nothing about MT4. I knew, I knew nothing about multi-charts. I knew nothing. And that was a really, really bad moment. And I had to speed learn all these new platforms. And it was awful. Um, made the transition, got my members into MT4, tried multi-charts, didn't like it. Um, it's doable. I'd love to try it again someday, but I'm just so comfortable with MT4. I think multi-charts is fine, but it wasn't for me then because I was too stupid. And so I got into MT4, but that's a different broker. And 
uh, it's nothing wrong with a broker. They're very reputable and they're great and I'm still with them. Um, I'm extraordinarily happy, but they traded differently and no fault of their own. It's just part of the game. But at 5 p.m. Eastern, there are big spikes. And at the open of Sundays, there are big spikes. And my particular strategy at the time, crucially, was basically a scalper. You know, it was very small profit targets under 20 pips. And slowly but surely, there were just too many trades when the spreads were a little too large. And my profit started dropping, dropping, dropping. And I'd look at the chart and my testing would say, huh, you know, that was a $500 winner. And I'd look at my platform and it was a $75 winner. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't all the time. But, you know, it was just a matter of this. You know, it took too many trades when the spreads were too wide. And this was a couple of year process. So now we're getting close to, you know, 2017, 2018. It was profitable, but my 100% per year um, became less and less likely, even though the testing said, well, you know, with an aggressive trade size, you could still make 50, 70. You know, I was looking at 20, 30 uh, on a good year. And I, when I had a break-even year, that should have been a slightly up year. This was, again, 2018-ish. I'm like, something's got to change. Um, it's just not performing, and it's not going to perform. The rules of the game had changed. So that, that's when I made a, a big breakthrough. You want me to continue, or do you have questions on that? Well, uh, yeah, so so what, what happened? What was the big breakthrough? I mean, how did, how did, that, how did it change? Well, I love to read. I still read trading books. I don't know if you still love them. <laughs> I, I love trading books still. Uh, and I don't even care if I don't learn anything. Um, I, I just love them. Uh, I love them to be well thought out too, but I'll take anything. You know, I'll take the little, the small ones even that you find on Amazon. Right. So I was reading my trading books um, and that coincided with, I accidentally came across trading contests. And um, read Kevin, Kevin Davies' book, fantastic. Kevin Davy, fantastic, fantastic book. And it got me thinking, you know, he had done so well in the early 2000s in the trading contest, trading futures. And I'm like, just reading about, he just has one section in his book and he's got a number of books, but they're all good. Um, but I was reading about his trading, you know, his three years in trading contests. And I mean, I was just like, this is, this is tremendous. Why am I trying to make piddly diddly here? You know, he put his mind, like it was a total new mind, different mindset. He's going for, well, I got to make a hundred percent in this trading contest to have a chance to win. Right. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, he wasn't going for a hundred percent in a pipe dream. He was going, that was a goal. Yeah. And he just did his research accordingly. And then I started re- researching more trading contests. The, the, I think it's a U.S. investing contest, which has been going since the eighties. People like Mark Minervini, who's a market wizard and he's all over the place now, and other people, and started reading books on trading contests. And there was a synergy there between that and my tennis background, you know, because I was always compete and win. And I hadn't been competing or even trying to win. And the thought, the two things combined of number one, uh, in these particular trading contests, people were going for big targets, at least the ones that I found. I'm sure there are some that scalp or whatever. But they're like, they're going for the big win. And like, here I was trying to go for a little win in a high percentage. So the fact that my mindset turned into, well, how do I compete? You know, I want to do a trading contest. I want to compete. How am I going to do it? And those two combined led me to really get into huge profit targets. 
And that's probably changed my life forever. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go backwards again. It's just been a, a huge change and a profitable one. And so, so do you think like, even like regardless of uh, the competition aspect of it, I mean, do you think everyone can benefit from the fact that, you know, if you go for bigger profit targets, you're more likely to survive as a trader? I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's an incredibly important lesson. It doesn't mean if you have a great, you know, high frequency traders exist, right? And they make money. And if you can find a broker with no spikes and, and a strategy that will work and get you get great execution all the time perfectly, obviously money can be made. There's not one way to make money, clearly. But, I mean, if you just go for big profit targets, I, nothing's guaranteed, right? Hmm. But you, the chances are so high that you're going to end up ahead of where you started. Yeah. Because execution can't do anything. Um, spreads can't do anything. If you have a 200 pip target and you lose a pip or two, you know, who cares? If you have a 10 pip target and you lose two pips, you've lost 20%. It's just been a massive change for me. Uh, and it's something that I, I can't imagine not doing the rest of my life at this point. And so, so okay, so you're going for the bigger, bigger targets. Now, how did you sort of prepare for this World Cup trading challenge? Well, I started breaking down all of the past contest winners. And there's a little bit of stuff out there. You know, you've got Kevin Davies' book, and there are others. Um, the, I mean, Mark Minervini has written a couple books, and I read them both, you know, as soon as I could find them. But I thought, you know, you look at what did they do. And then I said, okay, well, how do I go for a big profit target? And I just used it as a template, and I started putting different, different currency pairs together. Okay, well... What currency pair trends the hardest? Okay, well, what if I, what is there another one that trends the hardest? Well, what if I put those two together? What does that look like? And that was the process, just finding something that moves. Like I became obsessed with finding things that move. Whereas the prevailing wisdom still out there by really smart people is you have to diversify, trade everything the same, no optimizing, you know, diversified portfolio is the only way. Mm. And by thinking about a contest and trying to win, it led me to more of an 80-20 principle where, listen, I, I, 20% of the currency pairs might make, might make me 80 or 90% of my profit. And I just started focusing on, okay, what can I put together that can make 100% in a year and not just a one-off? And you put some big profit targets together and you started matching up some currency pairs. And I had something on, in my research that said, you know, you have a chance to maybe get in the top five. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. And this was all in 2019, you know, the whole year of researching. And I'm like, I'm ready. I think I want to try. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm ready to go. And and that's what I did. It, was there an entry fee for this? I can't even remember. Is there a fee that you've got to pay to get in it? Uh, no entry fee, but they get paid, but you have to open up an account with their broker ah, and they okay, get right. a piece of every trade. Ah, okay, so cool. the spreads and the terms aren't super great. Like <laughs> I'm sure people can get better. Uh, trading stipulations and trading requirements, whatever um, regulations, but uh, that, yeah, that's how they get paid. So it's worth their while. Uh, you know, every trade you take, they get paid. Uh, and the more entrance, obviously the more fun, but also the more they get paid. It's a win-win. I, I, I didn't feel anything bad about it at all. I would have paid an entry fee, by the way, that would, that would have been fine with me. It's interesting. Uh, like, I mean, I'm just having a look through past winners here and there. And so ironically, there's been three traders, I think that I can see quickly that have been on my show that have been past winners. So Larry Williams back in 1987, who had the best score ever. 
with 11,376%, which is just stupid. Um, what people may not know is that his daughter won it in 1997 with a 1,000%, which I believe is probably the second highest score there. And if you don't know who his daughter is, his daughter is the famous actress who was in Dawson's Creek and um, Brokeback Mountain, among other things, Academy Award winner, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, Michelle Williams. So uh, interesting fact there. Now, the yeah, the other guys, Tim Ray has been on the show. Kiwi guy just lives, I think, a stone's throw away, but across the ditch from me. Uh, I'd have to, fly, have to fly probably 20 minutes to get there. Uh, yeah. Kevin Davies been on the show. So he, both these guys have won it more than once. And Andre Unger hasn't been on the show, but we sort of got some answers. He's, he's had an episode on the show. Um, and I know Robert Miner, who is 2018, he... Wasn't on the show, but uh, Carolyn uh, Broden was on the show years yeah, ago. Yeah, and name. she recommended him, and I think she was good, very good friends with him. And I, just looking at the current standings, I think he's doing quite well in this year's one as well early on, albeit we're only in month one, but he's up 43%. So Yeah, he, um, he popped in actually, Cam, in, in the middle of the year last year. You know, I was yeah. in the top five fairly early on in March, and I'm like, oh, this is great. All of a sudden, Robert Miner popped in like in June ahead of me and i'm like oh great <laughs> here comes the big dog and then i don't know he, he, he didn't end up not in the top five i don't know what happened but i was i was i even told jill i'm like oh no robert miner's here i actually uh, said that so um so the what's common about these guys that have won it excluding i believe larry williams which was yeah, way back in the day before there was a lot of algorithms in the market now um, and I know Michael Cook, who I see here as well. I've tried to get him on the show, and Tim Ray recommended him. These guys are all mates, right? So Michael, Kevin, Tim, Andre, Andrea, sorry. They they were all mates with each other, and I know they hook up like once a year, or they used to before COVID, um, mm-hmm. and share stories and share advice and knowledge and stuff, and they're all doing very well. Now, they all automated traders, so they all use algorithms to trade for them. What's the whole sort of premise behind do you think there are manual traders in here doing it can you tell um i know you're using algorithms to trade for you to to enter these contests i mean what's the what's your view on this well i feel like uh, the bottom line is um trend following works really really well and there are a couple different there's a few different ways to follow the trend right we can get a break above a moving average moving average cross very popular way to follow the trend um, or just breakouts back to the Donchian channel, uh, which was, you know, decades ago, the turtles in the eighties were breakout traders. Um, they're just something about trend following that I saw repeated in these contests, or if not traditional trend following, it was get on a winner and stay on a winner. And, you know, Kevin Davey talked about this, that in his book. And so did a lot of the other winners. They're like, Nothing, 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 and then they got a massive winner. And I and I think that trend following just suits itself to long term profits, but it also, if you're aggressive enough, suits itself to you know a, a one year window. And honestly, for me, the best way to trade a breakout is have the robot do it for a number of reasons. Number one is, what if I'm not at the computer and it breaks out and then it really runs? Well, then I missed it, and you cannot miss one of these trades. Like you mm-hmm. got to have these big winners. So having a robot just looking, looking all the time, 
And then of course, you know what we're going to do. We're going to look at a breakout and I'm like, mm, nope, I don't want to take that breakout. All right. You know what, you know what the news is like in Europe, you know, I'm not taking that. And of course that turns into a winner uh, or, you know, I've just had two losers in a row. I'm not taking it. Or I've just had three winners in a row. I'm not taking it. <laughs> There's just something about automating. If you're going to go for these big trends and breakouts and trend following, there's just something so easy and and it kind of guarantees, again, I hate to use that word in trading, because you know, but it guarantees that you're going to at least get in the trade. Mm. And as humans, it's so easy to not get in the trade. So that that's just my theory. That's my two cents. I just think it's easier to be a trend follower if the software takes it for you. And I suppose, do you, do you think it's a factor that it's like a year-long competition? So people think, well like you know this is this is me guaranteed for the whole year i don't need to do anything i've set it up it's just going to run uh i suppose there's nothing to lose really is there if you think you've got something that can work you put it in you pay the commission to the broker and they get their cut for running the competition and if it works it works if it doesn't you've got nothing you've got nothing to lose is is that i suppose that's the beauty of it right or no it's it's you do have something to lose because it's real money so oh, it's your money. Oh, your okay, account. Right. There you go. So other than that, yes. But no, there's nothing, you know, if, if I went and made 5%, I mean, so what? Like, who cares? Um, yeah. what, you know, I lost 2%. You know, I've lost 2% of my money or I made only 5%. And that's fine. And I was perfectly, I was fine with all of it. I was, it was just so much fun. I love looking at the charts. It's the most fun I've ever had checking my charts ever. Um, so it, it was worth it to me. Uh, and then, it, you know, I happened to get some really hard trending periods in 2020. And then obviously my numbers did okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, there's something about, you know, just letting it, letting it run and, and not worrying about it for sure. There's something to that. Okay. So it's, it's 5,000 US you have to put in, which, which I suppose it's, it's not, you know, it's not a hundred thousand US, right? So it's, no, it's actually, no. it's doable. Um, and, but I mean, yeah, if you get, if you're putting a, a rubbish system and you're gonna you're gonna obviously pay the cost there of right. um of draining that account now um that yeah, it's just interesting stuff so so you enjoyed looking at the charts when things were happening i mean were you and you seem to be leading because i've i've vaguely remember somebody mentioning it um and you seem to be leading pretty much from the beginning or doing really well top two top three from the beginning has is that sort of was that the case yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, kind of. Uh, it didn't do anything for three months. Uh, and obviously that was when COVID was just being discovered and all that. Um, but no, it didn't do anything because trend following has months and months and months of nothing happening. Just sometimes nothing happens. If there aren't any trends, guess what? Your trend following won't do well. Yeah, yeah so January, February, nothing. I was just flat. And I'm like, I was having a great time, but I'm like, well, <laughs> not going to happen this year. And then um, the, the pandemic got really heavy and there started to be some trends. And I, I went on, you know, I checked the standings. I wasn't checking them every day, but I was checking them. And I checked them like I saw my name. And this was March, you know, at mid to end of March. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. Like I felt like I was back in my junior tennis days. I'm like, what's my ranking? Um, and really from March, there was very few weeks where I wasn't in the top five from March on. Like there were some times um, I had a draw down in July. And so I fell out. I fell into like sixth or seventh. 
Um, but yeah, I was surprised. I was I was on that board uh, from pretty much from March through December, uh, really consistently. So I was happy about that. Yeah. And and uh, what was the highest uh, the, uh, return that you got to? Oh man, I'm, this is such a positive conversation. <laughs> oh no, I, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. It was, uh, did you? Did you? In early December, yeah, I got to ninety nine percent. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. I'm going to get that magic hundred percent. Like this is great. And, it, and the Forex market has been trendless ever since. <laughs> so oh. yeah, immediately didn't do, I didn't get one more worthwhile trade, you know, went in a little bit drawdown, got a couple of small and then just ended up the year uh, lower than that. So yeah, but it, it almost got triple digits almost. And and there was no sort of temptation to, to exit anything intervene manually. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, sorry. Yes, there was a temptation. Sorry. I, I know there was a temptation. <laughs> so should I say, did you actually intervene manually or and how hard was it to um, to, to avoid that? Well, hard. Um, I, I was talking with Jill about it. I got to 99 and the winner had been above 100% for a long time. Uh, they, uh, the, the people in front have been, you know, 150%, 140, 120 and I was staying in the top five, but I was, you know, I was not considering catching up with them. They, they caught some pandemic trend or something. And I just felt like, you know, that's hopeless. But I got to 99 and the winner was like, had dropped to like 120-ish, if memory serves. And I'm like, what if, you know, and I talked to Jill and I said, what if I just turned them off right now? I mean, we're almost there. Yeah. What if, and then what if he catches some losers? I did not. Uh, took a drawdown. Um, but you know what, in that last month, again, my, it's my first year, first of many, but it's my first year, but the people around me, it started fluctuating wildly. I mean, there was someone at 130%. I don't think they made it in the top five, Like it was crazy. And I just kept hanging in and I actually dropped a little bit, but then even though I was in a bit of a drawdown, I moved up because people just fell by the wayside like december was rough and december is normally historically great for forex trending and it, it was rough and everybody came back and so it got to be a little before christmas and i just said I- i'm done so i did I, I took about with about 10 days to go i just turned the robots off i said I'm, this is it <laughs> that's my yeah, hand that's i'm all cool. in yeah, yeah and uh it was the right decision kind of and i we can talk about that in a second but um, you know, it did, it did get me into second place. And, and do you think people were, um, what's the word, increasing the risk of their trades during the, during the end there to try and get themselves a better place? Yeah, I, I'm two things. And first of all, it's pending audit. It's the final standings yeah, are not up yet. They've been the same since January 1st. Yep. Uh, I'm told to, it'll be completely final. So I'm not officially second place until they audit all the trades. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, they haven't switched the standings for a while. Um, my thought was two things. Either A, yes, they increased the trade size and it went badly. Or maybe they were carrying positions, right? Which led me to believe they're discretionary traders. And maybe, yes, they had banked, you know, 80, 90, 100%, but they had, they had been in trades that have been kept open. Of course, that wouldn't show up in the standings because oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. hadn't closed them yet. Yeah. But when people started going, I mean, people went from 90% to 60% in 24 hours. Right. And it was all at the end of the month. Yeah. So you tell me, but to me, I think people were carrying positions and then just got hammered at the end. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, that's yeah. It sounds like that. There. Yeah. People were obviously doing that, uh, holding drawdowns and, and closing them out, or mm-hmm. or risking way too much on the last few trades and going, oh, I'll have a crack at it, and it didn't <laughs> work out. Okay. Interesting stuff. So so yeah, you closed them all down, and it looked. Um, it. So yeah, you said you were going to mention like how it felt, or you're thinking around closing them all down. We'll turn the robots off. Well, yeah. So uh, we made the decision and I closed it down and it's fine. And as it turned out, there was another losing trade. So, haha, I'm so smart. But then after the year, I ran a test and I said, okay, what if I never did anything? So there wasn't a lot of times, but another time I intervened like an idiot but, you know, during the pandemic and all the news was so crazy that there were a couple times where I did not hold open over a weekend because normally my system works better holding trades. Mm. I mean, it's a lot more profitable if you hold the trades. But like I was up like a little bit and like bad. I was worried about news or politics or something. And I was like, I'm closing this out. And I did that like probably four or five times, I think. Well, I ran a test saying, OK, smart guy. What if you didn't do anything? What if I traded December, traded every week, traded everything, like literally just walked away and came back in 12 months. And it was like 11% lower. Like, like it, and it still would have had me in second place. Like all my clever, yes, I eked out a few more points, but I could have just left it. You know, again, that's a hypothetical test and whatever. But so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not so smart. Like it didn't really do a lot trying to be a smart guy. And it's a really interesting story here. I mean, it's fantastic that you're sharing this with us. Oh, I love it. Um, what What's up for Scott next? What are you doing 2021? What's the future hold? Well, I, I just, this is a part of my life. Uh, I want to compete. I love the mindset it puts me in. I love how it makes me think. I've never handled winning and losing trades better you know, since I even started the research, you know, ever since I started even thinking about doing a contest, my training has gone up. I mean, just so many different levels. You know, I I used to be edgy like anyone else. Um, So anyway, I'm not stopping this trading contest. In fact, I'm adding on. So I'm going to do two different accounts in 2021. Um, One, a very close facsimile to what I did last year. I'm just going to run it back. Um, According to my research, I should be able to, there should be a lot of years where I can compete. Let's just put it that way. According to, you know, again, things can change. But I just created a new automated strategy, a new robot. And it's not even released yet as we sit here and talk. Um, And I entered that in a contest, even though I'm the only one who has it. I haven't released that to members or clients or anything. So we're going to do those two. Uh, We're going to continue to develop new strategies. We're going to continue to look at long-term uh, I do a ton of research. I'm going to continue to do that. Um, I mean, things have just, it's been so much fun. You know, we've had a lot of some personal tragedies and of course, quarantining and all that stuff has been hard, but the trading side has just been a, a real light in my life. So I'm going to continue to study and trade and, and see how these big profit targets work out. Awesome. And and I mean, can you, I know we're going to jump on and, and do a little screen share in a second, but I mean, can you give the listeners out there any sort of insight into some of the thinking around the the technical aspect of of uh, how the robot was working and entering trades? Uh, the previous one or the new one? Um, oh, let's just say the let's go with the previous one, the one that you used in the World Cup. Sure. Um, what I've found is trend following is that 
you need to do it if you want. It's nothing's a sure thing, but unless trends stop, you have a chance to be profitable going forward, deep, deep, deep into the future. You know, if trend following research goes back decades and hundreds of years, what are the chances it's going to go ahead and work for decades or hundreds of years? Um, so I just wanted to find as many different ways as possible to follow the trend. And again, because I believe in superstars and I believe in only trading the stuff that really likes to trend, I'm going to keep putting different variations of these trend following on different pairs. So that all being said, the one I used last year was something that I've always been curious in and never traded. And that is a breakout based on the day before, which is not typical. It, it, you know, it looks at price and is it rising compared to just 24 hours ago? And that was new to me. I'd always wanted to do it. A lot of uh, futures traders and ES traders, they thought, well, if it's higher than yesterday, if it opens higher, then you go. And I've never tried that in Forex. And it was hard at first figuring out, well, it's a 24-hour market. So how do you, how do you get this breakout? Mm. But I figured out a way, at least it was simple enough for me and made sense. And so it was, that was basically what I did. Is it higher than yesterday? Is it moving higher? Um, and then see if I can catch a big win when it does break out. So it was a breakout strategy, but a little bit unorthodox because it was looking at previous pricing from the um, just immediate past. The one that I, that's coming out that I'm trading live and in the contest uses indicators. And I feel like indicators have gotten such a bad name and so many people get on and say indicators are lagging and they don't work. And, and I've always loved indicators. I love them. They're simple, uh, smart people made them. They have a lot of math behind them. Uh, and so this one is when an indicator gets to an extreme reading, that might be a trend. And so we go. Um, and I love that. I love that idea to use an indicator that's supposed to tell us when stuff is trending mm -hmm. and then using that to get into a trend. Um, so that's completely different. And I did run the portfolio of the new robot and it was almost identical to the one I traded last year, like in number, it was like 3% lower in testing. So using indicators is okay. And I'd love to prove that with real money. So um, yeah, this one, it has nothing to do with price. It's totally based on indicators. And once you're in a trend, I mean, how are you working out when to get out of that trend? When is the trend over? It's I'm talking about previous uh, previous year, so maybe a bit before you were using the indicators that you just talked about. Well, here's the thing, and this is where I open myself up to criticism, and you know I'm so sensitive, I might cry, so don't criticize <laughs> me too much. Um, no, not sensitive. You can anyone wants to insult me, it's fine. <laughs> I'm all it's all. I don't get my feelings hurt. But you know, in trend following, you're not allowed to take profit, right? You've heard that, I'm sure. I'm sure all the listeners have heard that. Um, I listen, uh, some, one of my favorite trading podcasts is people who trade billions of dollars. And they told me, they told me right to my ears that you cannot put a profit target when you're trend following. Um, you might go to you know, prison, trend following prison, or you might get, you know, lashed with a, a trend following indicator. I don't know. But I don't believe that. And I don't think that's true. And I have a problem not listening to anything anyone tells me. I have to prove it on my own. So when is the trend over? Well, the, the proper answer is when the trend is over, meaning when it retraces back below a trailing stop. You know, the turtles use 10 and 20 day lows and like, well, that's it. You know, it, mm. you don't get out. I said, I'm not going to do that. So I tested and tested and tested. I know, over-optimizing. There's always that danger. 
But I wanted to find something reasonable. I wanted to look at each individual currency pair and say, what's, what's a good distance? I, and I didn't need it to be exact. I just said, just tell me something reasonable. And so that's what I did. So my trend is over when my research says it is. And I actually go for targets. And if it gets X amount of pips, I'm out. And that is just blasphemous in the trend following community. But maybe it's Forex specifically. But honestly, I've done this in stocks and I've done it in futures and it works there too. So it was just literally um, no no trailing. You're just gets to a target. I'm out. Yep. Okay. Then <laughs> yep. that, look, and, and I, that, that, you know, that's a, ironically, I've, I tend to find that that works better on my own stuff that I that I automate and build. It's you set the target, try not to try and eke out as much as you can. And you more often than not, you're going to get the, the spike up versus the, the, you know, the missed opportunity that you that you're um, getting trailed, stopped out on. So, hey, look, this is fantastic stuff, Scott. Thank you uh, ever so much for sharing with us today. Now, one last question before we um, yep. we just wrap up the show here. So I saw on your your website you had a picture of there with a YouTube mogul. Is it – so I, I couldn't work it out. There was no names. <laughs> was that – is that an actual one of the founders of YouTube or – <laughs> is it no, just, no, <laughs> no. But what's what's interesting? Interesting story. If anybody cares, obviously, you know, I'm a ten, I was a tennis coach, and Mark was one of my students. Uh, went from absolute beginner to a really darn good player, and um, but you know, not didn't turn pro or anything like that. Well, you know, he's he has a very entrepreneurial spirit, and he started a bunch of things, and eventually he came and said, "I'm gonna build. I'm gonna do a YouTube channel." And it's just a, a nature and animal channel. Brave Wilderness is what it's called. And he started it with to educate young adults. And it's just engaging. And, and I remember sitting at dinner and he's like, oh, I started this. I have a thousand subscribers. And then we'd meet three months later at dinner. And, oh, I have a hundred thousand subscribers. And then a year later, oh, I have three million subscribers. Really? Uh, I, I, I forget what he's at. I think it's uh, 12 million, 13 million. Uh, he has an agent. Uh, I mean, the business has grown. I mean, like it's one of the biggest. It was named one of the top YouTube channels in the world. What's it called? Uh, Brave Wilderness. Brave Wilderness. Okay. Well, and so yeah, I call him my mogul because uh, yeah. I mean it's incredible and it's just an, a, a nice, engaging, great for kids. Um, but yeah, it's incredible that just my tennis student is this YouTube superstar. Wow, I'll go and check it out. Um, I, I thought it might have been that one of the founders of YouTube for some reason, but um, that's a well, great story his anyway. very serious girlfriend worked directly under YouTube's number two guy, apparently, oh, really? or number two person. It might even be, I'm sorry, it might be a woman. So, <laughs> but yeah, there was, she was the personal assistant for the number two at youtube and then when they met because they met at a youtube concert so it practically is the, the yeah. maker of youtube <laughs> yeah yeah hey look that's fantastic look now scott what's the best way for the guys to find out more about you follow you that sort of thing scott welsh strategies.com it's s-c-o-t-t-w-e-l-s-h strategies.com and there's a contact page and believe it or not that goes to me and believe it or not i do answer isn't that crazy so yeah, just go to contact and type me up something and I'll be happy to talk to you about whatever. Brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for coming on the show once again after four years and having a fantastic wee story to tell us around your World Cup trading uh, championship. Now, guys, if you do want to uh, check out the video we're going to shoot now, 
Uh, it'll be up there on the show notes. There's a link uh, probably in the description somewhere here, um, or just go to tradingnut.com, type in Scott Welsh in the search box. You'll see both his interviews there. Um, this will be the latest one. Um, thank you for coming on the show again. And all the listeners out there, I wish you trading happiness and success. So there we have it, folks. Interview done and dusted with Scott. Now, look, if you do want to see how he actually trades, we did record a video after this as well. So head over there to the Trading Nut YouTube channel, links under the video, or go to the show notes with Scott's interview, and you will find that video there. A really interesting way, basically the simplest ever way I've seen to pick the start of a trend. So guys, go and check that out. Uh, also, do remember that Scott took my Robot Builders Club course. So if you guys want to learn how to build trading robots, then head over there, like Scott. If you want to compete in the, the Trading World Cup, it seems like the robot way is, or the algo way is the way to go, uh, then yeah, head over there, and I'm going to teach you how to build trading robots, and you can pretty much build virtually anything to either fully or semi-automate your trading. Guys, uh, also we have got those uh, Forex Simulator challenges coming up, so stay tuned for those. Make sure you're connected to the live streams and uh, have a look at the challenge page on the site to see if you want to have a crack at that 10 trade challenge and win $1,000 US. All right, folks, thanks for listening or watching wherever you are, and we'll see you later on in the next episode.